The final score, Wrexham 3, Crowley-Alexander 3. I'm Mark Griffiths from Wrexham AFC. Um, which is your favourite insane match of the last two years? There are so many to choose from, aren't there? Well, this was certainly one. What a crazy, crazy game it was. Wrexham, by the end, saluted by their fans as if we'd pulled out a glorious victory. Maybe in a moral sense, we had certainly to lose a player to a red card in the 36th minute when we're 1-0 down and not playing well and turn it around into a 3-3 draw with a 96-minute equaliser. Yeah, that does feel a bit like a victory. And well, I'm currently also rising up at the Wrexham Anorak and I'm going back and I'm fairly sure it's going to turn out that that's the first time we've ever scored three goals with 10 men on the pitch. So, yeah, this was a remarkable achievement. But once again... It was crazy, and once again, you know there were there were, there was well, should we say diplomatically lots to talk about, because certainly there were, there was a lot going on, not all of it positive, but once again we've managed to walk off to a standing ovation. It's quite a team, this, isn't it? We made three changes from the side that lost five 0 at Stockport, and of course that was a really horrible afternoon out and. Parkinson had to make alterations. George Evans came into the centre of the pitch to replace Tom O'Connor. And also in goal, Arthur Conquo replaced Mark Howard. Howard hadn't really done anything wrong, I don't think, in that game. But, you know, Conquo was a player that I think Wrexham wanted to have a look at. And so after conceding five goals, Howard was unlucky to lose his spot. Luke Young dropped out as well and James Jones came in. And I've got to say, the first 20 minutes felt a lot like the Stockport game, surprisingly. Wrexham just were a bit disjointed. Crew moved the ball around quite well, kept possession very well. And they were the sides who had all the threat in the first 20-odd minutes. On Wrexham's defence, sometimes again looking a little vulnerable. Crew again by moving around, opening up little spaces. And yeah, Wrexham had a few issues in the fifth minute. There was danger, a ball in from the left-hand side by Dimitriou Adebisi, who was terrific uh, as a wing-back on both flanks, cutting in ahead of Boyle, who I think maybe should have been a bit more alert, and got in a 10-yard out header, which missed the target. Wide of the right post, he should have done a lot better. A couple of minutes later, again, Wrexham in trouble. A quick throw in taken. Mullen, seeing that nobody had read it, sprinted across and made an excellent attempt to block. But unfortunately for him, it ricocheted into the Wrexham box. But Conquo slipped. It was very, very wet. And Long had a tight angle to try and steer the ball into. He hit it into the side netting. Actually quite a long way off target when you look at the footage. Um, credit to a Conquo who slipped in the wet. And he saw the danger, but actually did get across and cover his near post despite the slick. He's got long legs and a bit of pace about him. There wasn't much he could do in the 25th minute when the uh, crew, beg your pardon, took the lead. Taberner, who with Powell was impressive in the middle of the pitch, swung a lovely ball in to the near post. It was your classic player making a run across the box, attacking the edge of the six-yard box sort of header, and Dimitri put power and placement on it to put it under the bar. It's got to be said, he was left completely unmarked, though. Crew did that. Oh, very familiar routine now, of course, of having four players in a line and then the four markers can't quite get to them. Boyle certainly appeared to be Dimitri's man. 
and he'd lost him, ended up running the wrong way around that big crowd of players, and Dimitri, having lost him, made no mistake. To be fair to Wrexham, they'd actually just started to get a toe grip into the game then. Uh, just started in midfield to be able to bring the ball forwards, to step up and not be so close to the defence as well. And we were beginning to look a little more threatening. And soon after the goal, we did have a, a half chance. Well, I think it tells you something that before the red card, this was the only chance worth noticing. McLean with a wicked free kick from the left-hand side and Dimitri facing his own uh, goal just had to try and intervene. He mishit it, but put it over his own bar. So like I said, that was the best we had to report on in the first 36 minutes. And then came the red card. It was a red card to Ryan Barnett, which started off with Evans playing a rather wishy-washy little floated ball to him in the wet conditions. Barnett's touch let him down. The ball squirted away from him. And as we see so often, he lunges in to try and make amends for his poor touch and win a tackle. And he hit Shiloh Tracy over the ball. You know, there was a lot of grief for the referee Lee Swaby throughout this match. And this incident started there off. It looked like a red card to me, to be perfectly honest. I don't think Barnett went in to try and hurt the man or play the man. I think he was just frustrated at himself for miscontrolling the ball and looking to make it, uh, amends for it. But the fact is, he overstretched, he missed the ball, and he caught the shin of Tracy. Tracy, I think, may have laid it on a bit thick, but you know he's entitled to do that, and I kind of would want a Wrexham player to do that if they had been victim of a, a foul that looked like a red. So the referee had no hesitation, sent Barnett off. Wrexham looked to be in trouble. But to be fair, what followed were 54 minutes, pretty much, of excellent performance by Wrexham. In fact, three minutes after the red card, with the crowd roaring and the players' urge uh, drive, driven on by this sense of injustice, we were equal. And what a goal it was. McLean putting the ball into the far post. Hayden attacking it tremendously. He was playing as a right-back now and planting his header across the six-yard box. Mullen lay in wait and made contact with the most beautiful overhead kick to, into the bottom left corner. And Wrexham were level. And we continued to push. James Jones tried his own little overhead kick as well in homage to the Mullen in virtually the same spot. And the momentum was very much with Wrexham until a controversial moment deep into added time. Wrexham opened up on the right. Had a BC again, cutting inside. Got past McLean, went down, and the referee pointed to the penalty spot. Lots to pick out from this one. Firstly, was there much contact on Adebisi? Um, I don't think there was. I think he managed to con the ref out there. It looks to me like he's on his way down when he makes contact with McLean's leg. There was a little funny incident I didn't see, but a few people have reported of Boyle going over to complain to the linesman and the linesman gesturing to say it wasn't me who made that decision. I've yet to see proof of it, but I'd like to see that because... That's an interesting one, isn't it? Maybe you should have been flagging and telling the ref it's not a penalty. The other thing that I think we've really got to look at, though, is that uh, McLean did not defend the situation well at all. He needed to try, if he could, to stay on his feet and force Adebisi in another direction or at least away from the danger area so he has to pass the ball square. Instead, he didn't. Adebisi got the run on him and he just stuck his leg out, a lazy leg in the box and gave away a penalty. And, you know, I'm saying about Adebisi maybe going down a bit early, 
maybe fooling the ref. Stand by that. Again, don't blame him because McLean gave him that opportunity. So while I think it wasn't a penalty, um, I see why the ref gave it. And it's the defensive mistake which really cost us. Chris Long stepped up. He drove the ball into the bottom right corner. Oconquo got a hand to it, actually, but couldn't manage to shovel it out. So against his old team, he was beaten for the second time. And Wrexham with 10 men go down into the break. A goal down. Not for long. 69 minutes after the restart, it's level again. Mullin with some more magical stuff. And, wow, what spirit this team has. Evans dinking the ball into the edge of the area. Palmer with an absolutely perfect chest down for Mullin, who ran onto it in the right channel. Pretty tight angle, but smashed it across the keeper. Davis, the goalkeeper, got a hand to it. Couldn't do anything but push it inside the net. A glorious goal. Mullin's second goal of the season, of course, after that injury. And brilliant stuff from him. And brilliant stuff from Palmer. What a glorious layoff it was. The momentum was terrific. And Wrexham, the 10 men, were pounding away at Croon. Should have taken the lead just two minutes later. It was a great ball by Hayden to send James Jones down the right. It was a lovely piece of combination play down the right-hand side as well, I might add, with James Jones and Hayden central to it. But brilliant vision by Hayden, who rad read those little passing triangles Wrexham were working and pushed it through. Jones, in a similar position to where Mullins scored from, smashed it in with power. It was straighter, but Davis dropped it. It came out into the goal mouth. Lee had a glorious chance. Hit it uh, well enough, but wow, a remarkable save by uh, Davis, who spread himself and somehow managed to get enough on it for the ball to whistle against the left post and bounce away to safety. The Crew started to regain a little more control of the ball, weathered the storm, sometimes quite desperately, and started to do what really was obvious, bring the ball down and move it about. And around the hour mark, they started to get a bit of a more of a grip on the game. Taberner had a, a thought he'd scored after Long had done well on the left and found Tracy who laid the ball back to Taberner. He hit it beautifully from the edge of the D into the top right corner, or so it appeared, until a conquo made a magnificent save, taking full advantage of that terrific wingspan of his to somehow spring and claw the ball around for a corner. The danger wasn't over yet, though. Taverner's corner came into the box and caused problems. Baker Richardson smashed in a shot from 10 yards, and again, Concord did well to make a sharp save. The Wrexham are now having to, to dig in. A minute later, another opportunity this time, McLean beaten by Adebiso down the BC down the right-hand side. He thinks to earn a great chance for long, a free volley beyond the left post, and he completely misses it back against across the face of goal. But the 10 men were finding it difficult at this point to control the game and went behind finally in the 65th minute. A really horrible goal to concede, though. Long ball over the top. Baker Richards on a pinned boil. The ball bounced in front of them and then bounced over them. They both misjudged it. Now, whether we Baker Richardson had hold of Boyle's shirt or not, I don't know. But the, the truth of the matter is that Boyle was seemed to be guilty just ball-watching. He just stayed there with Richardson and just looked at the ball in the box. Oconquo realised the danger and came tearing out, but he couldn't get there because Long had driven into the box and was able to get round the Conquo and pull it back into the goal mouth. Adebisi there 
to lunge it. I beg your pardon, Tracy there to lunge in and knock the ball home. I mean, the issue for me, it was Adebisi who ran in and played it, and I do beg your pardon, I got mixed up there longer, nothing to do with it. The issue again, well, I mean, Boyle didn't do well. Okonkwo, it looked bad. I kind of think Okonkwo had to try and do something, though. I don't, I'm not inclined to criticise him. And also, Adebisi was McLean's man. McLean had a good 10-yard head start on him when the ball was played in towards Boyle, and he was just much less alert than the wide man and let him run past him, and he didn't track that run. So a really, really poor goal to concede. And the left side of our defence will have been so disappointed with them, especially as Wrexham had battled so hard to pull themselves back with 10 men. However, Wrexham rallied and had opportunities straight away to try and come back. McLean with a free kick from the left-hand side. Toza, beautiful cushioned volley back in. Lee and Marks, eight yards out, misses but the shot horribly, a real slice. The ball went out wide. McLean was able to retrieve it, swung it back in, and Hayden getting up between his men unmarked, couldn't make a proper contact about eight yards out and headed it well wide. Crew again, though, were continuing to maintain their control of the ball, and it looked like the ten men might be running out of steam. However, there were, of course, some some cards up Phil Parkinson's sleeve to play, and he played two of them in the 14th minute. It's a very, very good effect. Fletcher coming on for James Jones, so I think it was very unlucky to be withdrawn. I understand why, because we just desperately had to throw more attacking players on, but Jones did a very good shift, and Mendy on for McLean, which was much less of a surprise, in all honesty. Both those players would make a huge influence. Mendy immediately brought threat to the left-hand side, and Fletcher immediately was a big presence. So Wrexham now having Fletcher and Palmer up front and Mullen behind them. I described it in commentary. It's not like a... Well, I described it in commentary... As a, as a diamond of no bottom, in a sense. It's a double pivot of Lee uh, and Evans with Mullen behind the front two. And Wrexham got on top and started to put in pressure. 13 minutes left, ball into the box. Fletcher wins it well. Palmer spins his man and then goes down. He's shouting for a penalty. The crowd are going crazy. The ref doesn't give it. Was there a penalty? Mm, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I I haven't seen a close enough angle to, to convince me either way, If I, is I think the best way of putting it. But Wrexham were getting very angry to ref by now. Like I said, his red card decision I thought was right. His penalty decision was wrong. But I couldn't understand why he got it wrong. But there was a lot going on in terms of dissent, in terms of especially of time-wasting by the crew players, and the ref really wasn't handling it well at all. If I can give you an indication of that, the whole penalty fiasco, during which time he also went across and booked full Parkinson, well, that meant it was, there were three and a half minutes between the penalty being given and the game restarting. Um, that all happened in added time. He only added three minutes on to the added time, so clearly he's sold us a bit short there. And there were other stoppages in added time as well, so that was a little pre-taste just, uh, at the end of this match. He would add on six minutes, when I, I've got to be frank and say, with the way he kept saying to crew players by pointing at his watch, "Oh yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll be, I'll be adding all this on." I thought it, at least ten, and rather than the six that was indicated, they conned him a few times. And as I always say, I never blame players for that. If you can find a ref that you can con, you're gonna do it. Good luck to you. Um, little tricks they pulled, like having a free kick, taking ages to set it up, and then just when they're about to take it. They produce a substitute out of the dugouts from nowhere 
and the referee allows them to come on and the game's been stopped for two minutes. Uh, other ones, Adebisi holding the ball, about to take a throw. Something happens elsewhere in the pitch. The referee, or oh, substitution. So while the referee watches that, Adebisi carefully puts the ball down and walks away so that when the game's ready to resume, the ref looks back, there's no one to take the throw in. The crowd were warning him. Mullin was warning him. You know, but little cute things like that. Like I said, I don't blame Crew for that at all. He'd get on top of it, and he didn't get on top of it at all. So he didn't give that penalty. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not totally convinced by that. I haven't seen a good enough angle to have a strong feeling about it. But with 10 minutes left, it was an astonishing howler from referee and linesman. It was a, a break down the right-hand side, cute, clever free kick by Lee to find George Evans. He turned and whipped in across, and Tracy, lunging to block it with his arms up, handled it. I mean, it was just the most obvious thing. I always, in commentating, try not to commit myself immediately in case I can then think, oh, hang on, look at that again. I might be wrong. But with that one, I was just shouting, oh, that's a penalty. That's a penalty. Because it was as clear a penalty as you could ever dream of seeing. Ref and linesman didn't give it. And Wrexham were absolutely furious. They kept going, though. Toza retrieved the ball on the left side of the box, laid it off to Mullin. Mullin jinked the ball in. The crew defence struggled to deal with it, and it came to Hayden, who hit the ball terrifically powerfully on the turn. A fine save by Davis to deny him. And then from a corner, George Evans swept it in and hit the bar, believe it or not. And the ball came back out. Evans drove the ball in across the face of goal, agonisingly close, to the, but nobody could get a touch onto it. Then another opportunity, a short corner. By this point, Darby had come on for the outstanding Barmer. Short corner to Lee, who on the edge of the area turned, hit the shot. It was deflected and just scraped the right post. And then from that corner, which <laughs> this has happened a couple of times, Wrexham having taken off a couple of players and not used a couple of regular players, didn't know who was taking set pieces. On this occasion, Mullin just had to come sprinting over and take it. He gave it a shrug before he took it, as if to say, I shouldn't be out here. But he stood a good ball in and Fletcher met it with an excellent flashing header, which just went past the left side. Another corner to Wrexham could have sealed things for crew as they broke away on a three-on-two break as Mendy and Lee tried to control the ball and shield players off it for the other and there was a bit of a miscommunication. The breakaway was slowed down by Mendy whose recovery pace was outstanding and was totally stopped when Holicek broke down the left channel into the box by Toza who did really well to close down the space, get close and force him to drive it wide. Toza was off a minute later as Wrexham continued to throw caution to the wind and Wrexham <laughs> essentially ended up with three at the back but on this occasion it's one centre-back and then one man either side who are really playing as wing-backs or attacking full-backs and taking every risk possible the ref as I said gave six minutes Cannon was on for Tozo and Cannon was basically playing as a right winger pulled one cross in but it was scrambled away and then in the 93rd minute there were more opportunities unbelievably close Lee challenging really well, Mendy feeding it in, Fletcher driving a shot, which hit the left post, terrific strike, and span out of play for a goal kick. Fletcher looking threatening again, and in the 96th minute, finally justice was done. Like I said, a ball into the box. Moments earlier, in the other half, I'd suggested that centre-forward Baker Richardson, who played the full match, was looking really tired. He'd worked so hard to try and close down Wrexham players. And at the start of the move, which led to the corner, you could just see his legs. He looked like he was running through treacle, and his head dropped, and you could see him rousing himself for one last big effort, which he couldn't make. Wrexham won a corner. He ended up back there. 
the ball comes in, he should probably, I'm sure if he was feeling a bit more sprightly, he would have got it clear. He, he mishit it though, not that far out. Lee made an important challenge on the edge of the area to allow Mendy to get onto it. He dinked a perfect ball in to the far post and there was Fletcher sprinting onto it to score an heroic equaliser, 96th minute, hurling himself bodily towards the ball, planting his diving header across goal into the far top corner and then standing in front of the Wrexham fans like a colossus to, uh, to take their acclamation. Wrexham, actually, even though that was in the sixth minute of the six added on, managed to come forwards and put a couple more meaningful boxes, balls into Crew's box, and Evans had a very hopeful shout for a penalty too. But, uh, yeah, it ultimately was 3-3. As I said at the start, Wrexham clapped off the pitch, and, uh, well, the start of it was frustrating, but, goodness me, the heart of this team just keeps impressing, doesn't it? Looking at the individual performances, well, Oconquo, Despite the fact it looked a bit awkward, the the third goal, but I, I think that it looked worse. And I showed them from his perspective. He made a couple of very very good saves, and yeah, I think took his opportunity. The centre backs. I mean, Boyle lost his man for the first goal. Was rather statuesque for the third one as the ball bounced over his head. I think he'll be a little bit frustrated. And um, Toza had a couple of little moments that looked uncomfortable, but also had a couple of good moments. At least that last contribution when he forced. Uh, a, t a shot by Holacek wide and Hayden had a good game played the first 36 minutes as centre-back and looked solid enough went to right-back and was pushing on well made some constructive passes got some decent headers in the box including the assist for Mullin so yeah he did alright that was a good recovery from him after being under par at Stockport the wing-backs well okay Ryan Barnett I mean to be fair to Barnett he was really revved up and made a, f a couple of good sliding tackles before that and you know, in commentary, when Wrexham weren't playing well, we were saying that Barnett was one the one who was looking more, the most threatening. Unfortunately, that threat became a bit too real with that sending off, and that was a shame. Like I guess I don't think it was deliberate. I have sympathy for him, but I, I, I think the ref has to send him off for that, unfortunately. On the left-hand side, McLean really didn't have a happy game at all. He was beaten by uh, the BC, of course, for that third goal and for the penalty. And he didn't wasn't able to have much impact going forward. So I think he'll be a little bit disappointed to Stockport in that game, sort of bringing a halt to an excellent start to his Wrexham career. He will want to pick things up a little more after that. Um, on in the middle of midfield, I know George Evans fascinated me because at the start, I just felt he was looking to regulate play, but maybe I felt he was just slowing it down a bit too much sometimes. You know prioritising keeping possession above using the ball in an attacking manner, backwards passing. In the second half, when we were down to 10 men and we went more gung-ho, I thought he was outstanding. He's a really good passer with the ball. He's strong, he's got height, and I really thought he drove us forward. So, yeah, we were all a bit too passive, I think, until Barnett's sending off. And he was guilty of being part of that in the way that he was dictating the pace of the game, slowing it down. But in the second half, I thought he really was terrific and absolutely non-stop and was involved in so much. Got a lot of wide balls in. You know, he's playing in a midfield, <laughs> the centre midfield position, but he's getting out everywhere. So I was very impressed with his second half. Ahead of him, Elliot Lee again. Didn't have that many creative moments, but again, put a good shift in. Uh, won some good tackles, 
made some nice passes. James Jones on the other side, as I said, was useful when we had 10 men because he works, he does the work of more than two people, doesn't he? And so he was very energetic and was sacrificed as we just had to get attacking players on the pitch. Mullen was man of the match. I mean, how can I not say that? Two fantastic goals and just buzzing around and working and the full 90 digging deep. It was great to see. Brilliant performance by Mullen. But alongside him, I mean, as Che Long said after the match when we were doing a hot take podcast, Ollie Palmer had to shout for man of the match as well. I mean, goodness me, he's just kept going back to the well over and over again, making those challenges. He made the centre-backs' lives hell. He won so many headers. He linked beautifully with Mullen. His chest off for Mullen's second goal. Well, I mean, if there were such a thing as an award for assist of the season, I think he had it sewed up. The weight on the chest down. Utter perfection. Brilliant performance by him. And then, well, poor old crew, when he goes off, we've still got Fletcher and Dolby up there. Fletcher was terrific. Um, Dolby, I, I thought, did really well. Worked hard, getting about, putting himself about. He, he got a good foot in at the start of one of our best moves late on and was stretching them with his running down the channels. That was, that was good work from him. Uh, the other substitutes... Well, I'd have to remember who they were. Cannon had no chance to, to really make any impact, to be fair to him. And Mendy was excellent. Mendy um, really brought us to life down the left-hand side, the, made a couple of good defensive moves and was driving forwards well, put the ball in for the equaliser. And Mendy has made an extremely strong case for starting on Tuesday. So, OK, did we bounce back from the Stockport game? With 11 men, no. With 11 men, it looked the same. But... Once we went down to 10 men, that desire kicked in and it was a hell of a performance. So, yeah, we've somehow managed to concede three goals at home again and send another message out to the division that we don't know when we're beaten. With a final score of Wrexham 3, Crow Alexander 3, I'm at Chris's... Re- I got everything right but my name. Heartbreaking, isn't it? So close. I'm Mark Griffiths from Wrexham AFC Remember to like and subscribe and all those good, good things on on all our stuff across our channels, the YouTube, SoundCloud, the podcast channel, everything like that. Throw some comments on if you wish. Why not? Last comment I had on SoundCloud was like about two years ago. Wow. Come on, I dare you. Bye. <laughs>